Welcome to Our Shoreline, Your Horizon, a podcast by Dan Casey, featuring business and economic development news from St. Clair County, Michigan. Stretch your horizons in the beautiful shoreline communities of St. Clair County, home to one of the nation's busiest international border crossings. Learn more at edascc.com. Hello, I'm Dan Casey with the Economic Development Alliance of St. Clair County, Michigan. And thank you for tuning in to the EDA's Our Shoreline, Your Horizon podcast. Today, I'd like to welcome Marshall Campbell, president of Marshall E. Campbell Company. Welcome, Marshall, and thanks for joining me on the podcast today. Dan, thanks for having me. It's a pleasure to be here. Marshall E. Campbell Co. is a North American distributor of maintenance, repair, and operations products and services, as well as supplying products to the electrical construction industry. You also have a third division, which focuses on control and automation solutions for the OEM and manufacturing industries. That's a lot of products. Marshall, your company is a family-owned business, and you've been in the community for over 100 years. That's amazing. The company had a succession plan in place, and you are the result of that plan. You're now the fourth generation of Campbells to lead the company. So congratulations for that. Thank you, Dan. Sure. Let's start by talking a little bit about your company. Who is Marshall E. Campbell Co., and what products and services do you offer? We are a wholesale distribution company of industrial, electrical, and control products. Our primary service market is southeastern Michigan. Our core customer base consists of electrical and mechanical contractors, industrial, original equipment manufacturers or OEMs, automotive, and utility. Some of the different things that we specialize in are power distribution, industrial and commercial LED lighting, motors and variable frequency drives, control and automation, MRO supplies, hand and power tools. The core of what we do is understanding our customers. You know, part of that is, is just what are their pain points? What do they have issues with? Things that we sell isn't the tip of the iceberg. It's just the start of it. It's how do they do business? How do they buy things? What is their logistics of how they get that done? What are the different operations inside of their plant or facility that they might struggle with? And that is supply chain. So we try to get to know our customers and how that works and help them with issues. A lot of time it's it's back-end things like accounting. They need to know how to bill things. A lot of people don't want to send multiple POs out every day. They want to group them. So we do summary billing for some customers. It's just different things like that that we try to do and find to help people out. Some different services that we offer are vendor-managed inventory. And that's anything from industrial control vending machines to what we call keepfuls, where we're going into a place and scanning inventory, um, bringing it back, servicing it to the customer where we're putting it away from them, depending on what they need. And those programs are usually different depending on the end user. Uh, They all have a little bit different needs and how they want those things done. We also do drive startups and troubleshooting in the field. Lighting audits are a big thing of what we do. We do recommendations on different types of LED lighting, where we can do lighting layouts, ROI analysis, and then the rebates you can get back with your local municipalities. Sourcing is especially a big part of what we do now with the pandemic, what it's created for everybody. The difficulty to find things, a lot of customers will call us and say, can, can you find this for me? Is there an alternative? I, I can't get this in the, the time frame I need. What else do you have? So that's what we're spending a lot of our time right now is just helping people out by getting them answers and letting them know when they can get product. Yeah, especially in the construction trades. <laughs> especially. Everyone's got projects. They have due dates. And that's what we realize. Even if you can't get things, you just need to inform them of when things are coming so they can plan their day accordingly. Another part of what we do is training, and we do a lot of that in-house or through our vendors. 
Good example is arc flash training. We'll have our training room report here on and we can hold up to about 40 to 50 people. We'll have experts come in, do certification and training for people all day long. And it's really great with 60% of our business being electrical. Every year, someone dies by shock or electricity. And we try to help our customers give some knowledge and education back and really provide something for them where they can be safe in the workplace. Yeah, safety is very important for sure. And um, having that training room must be a great asset for you. It is. We've even had it where customers have come to us and said, hey, we've got an extra large training thing we want to put on or a company thing. Do you mind if we borrow your training room? We'll say, absolutely. We'll set it up, bring in lunch form or whatever their needs are and make sure that that room is, is theirs for the day and they are undisturbed when they're there. So that's been a great benefit as well. So you have an incredible catalog of products. I mean, you told me the other day and I couldn't believe how many products you have. We do. Uh, the website we currently have, there's about 120,000 products on there and that doesn't represent the breadth of everything that we do. So that's the good and bad. The good thing about what we do is we, we offer a lot. The bad thing is we offer a lot. So the expertise in-house that we have is a number of individuals that specialize in anything from drives, motors, hydraulics, power distribution, lighting. You have to have those experts on staff that you can go to. You can't expect any one person to hold you know, the knowledge for everything that you do. And so that's the struggle that we have. And that's why we've got good people on board. I, I guess uh, I don't want to be the salesperson that has to remember the names of 120,000 products. That sounds like a pretty impressive uh, feat that if they can pull it off. Yeah. So um, you, speaking of impressive, your company's been in business for over 100 years. You certainly sh- could have sold to a corporation at some point in time, but uh, you haven't done that. And you're, so you're a family-owned business. What's the secret to the company's success over these 100 years? I think that the secret is just our commitment to our customers. You know, our company was bought back in 1932 on a handshake in the Great Depression. And we've always tried to live by that model you know, do what you say and always follow through and just commit to the customer. And through that, we've been able to build a very loyal customer base over the 100 years, and they stayed with us. And through that, we've gained a lot of new customers as well. And that's just been the bright spot about, for me, coming in is there was such a solid base already. It was just getting to know the business, understanding it, and then where can we go from there? And you're uh, now the fourth generation of leadership in your company. So there's going to be some big shoes to fill. Why did you decide to take this journey? Well, for me, it was just something I always had. You know, my dad would bring me around when I was little and I'd go on the counter, I'd play with the products, I'd see the people. I just loved it. There was something inside of me that always felt like it was right to me. And my family never talked about me coming in. They never said, you have to do this. You just do what you want to do in life and enjoy what you're doing. And I went to Michigan State, graduated there, went out to Chicago for six years and worked. And then my uncle called me and said, you know, you, you think you want to come back? And I didn't hesitate. I said, absolutely. So I started that journey almost 10 years ago. I don't regret anything. I love every bit of it. Was that intentional to, to create a succession plan like that? Or did you just kind of stumble into it after a few years? It's kind of the way we stumbled into it. Yeah. You know, my dad retired a while ago and my uncle was running it. And my cousin, Doug Campbell's in the business as well. And he's up and coming and doing really well. So you kind of need to have a couple of great leaders there. And when he called me back to see if I was interested, it was, like I said, it was a no brainer. It was just something that felt right to me. I love the business. I love the industry. I love the people more than anything. You get to meet a lot of people you generally may not meet in your day-to-day life, and you get to see the different things that they do. And when you help them out and you realize that they're kind of relying on you to where this person can help me out, I trust them. I'll call them when I'm in need to get me out of a jam. That's, that's why we do what we do. 
You've been in the president's role now for what, a few months? How's the transition going? Good, good. The transition's going great. My Jack Campbell, the former president who's my uncle, has been phenomenal over these nine years, always working with me on different scenarios, letting me know when you know I could have done something differently or his explanation of what he would have done. And it's been great. Part of it is you have to you have to make mistakes. You can't just assume that you're gonna get everything right. But having someone there to correct you or to point out when you make those mistakes is crucial. That's that's huge for the succession planning. Yeah, that and having mentors too, you know, more from the leadership side and, you know, lessons learned and things like that, that aside from trying to run the business, right? Absolutely. What kind of advice would you give to other people, other business leaders in that same transition? You got to get started and it's got to be somewhere. You can't put it off. You got to get started right away. That's the biggest thing I can say. And the way you just look at it is if you had people retire tomorrow, how would you move forward without those people? And you look at your risk on those people and you take the highest ones, obviously, and you work from there. That'll start you with a plan and a framework that you can begin with, and it should help you down your path. So uh, I did want to turn my attention um, to talent and talking about that. Um, you just kind of mentioned um, that a little bit in your previous answer. But these days, everyone's talking about finding and keeping talent. Is this one of your goals as well? It is. It is. And talent's always hard to get, and this depends on the economy. And right now, we're in a very challenging environment where it's tough to get people. It's a little short. But the three things that we really look for when we want talent is hungry, humble, and smart. And if we can find those three things in people, it's generally in line with our our goals and our strategy for what we want to do. Hungry, humble, and smart. And so that's what it takes to fit into the Marshall E. Campbell culture. It does. That's one thing we've been driving for the last about five years now. Jack kind of adopted it and we've grown with it as a company and we use it as our core. So in those hungry, obviously kind of speaks for itself, but people that want to learn, want to do more, want more than just a job. They want to come in and they want to improve themselves and, and help the company out. Humble is just a team player is kind of how we look at it. Somebody that's willing to do anything. They're not an I person. It's not a me. It's how can I help out my teammate? How can I help out everybody here to where we can all win together? And then smart is just people smart. You got to be able to read the people that you're working with. You know, we come in every day. We've all got issues. We've got problems maybe at home. You got to know when you have to help out your coworkers when they might be struggling. And then our customers a lot of them the same thing. You got to be able to look them in the eye, understand how they're communicating with you over the phone or even through email. And you got to figure out how to work with them because we're all different. We've all got different challenges throughout our day and things we're trying to do. So figuring those things out is really key in what we're doing. Yeah. So, you know, back in the day, it used to be that people would go to a company and they, they would likely stay there for 30 years, 40 years. Obviously, it's not like that today. People are coming and going. But I I feel like after talking to a lot of business leaders, I feel like that should still be the goal. And it's a matter of creating pathways for people so that they can continuously improve and advance in the organization. And that keeps their juices flowing, right? They know the company. They know the culture. They're comfortable being there. It's just that they get tired of what they're doing after a while and they need a new challenge, a new opportunity, or maybe they're looking for more pay. So is that kind of how you look at it? Absolutely. And you talk about succession planning. And part of that is it's showing 
current people and people coming in that there's a future. And you have to be able to show them what the future looks like and talk about your plan so they kind of know what they're getting into and that they have a, a place to stay. The type of people that we've been really successful in, in retaining are people that want the family atmosphere. They want, you know, kind of a stable where they want to be, want to know that their voice is heard and that they're important. And we try to accomplish all those things. I just did at the end of the year a lot of one-on-one interviews. And it, I walked away just feeling so great about it. We were so many people that just said, I love coming to work. You know, I love the people I'm with. I'm happy. I don't dread coming in. And that's, that's what we go for. That's what we want. That just shows that we've got a good culture. We've got great people. And everyone works really hard and, and enjoys their, their time with us, which is everything to, to me. That sounds great. I completely support that idea. We're almost out of time, but I did want to touch on what some of your goals are in the, these early days of this transition. But what are some of your goals for the company? Some of my goals would just obviously be learn the company as best I can with the time I have left for, for all the knowledge that we have. But it's growth and growth through acquisition, through sales, new customer, but new ideas. And that's where the talent comes in. We need new perspectives. We need different opinions. And that's going to come from outside. We've got a lot of great people with great ideas right now that we're venturing into. And we're doing really great with some of those. But we need more. And we have to have innovative people and some different thinking. Yeah. And also industries are changing. You know, just look at what's happening with electric vehicle adoption in the country uh, and all the changes happening with the OEMs. But even just in the construction industry, you know, we see new building materials being introduced, uh, new types of panels for exterior construction of walls, things like that. So that must give you guys a lot to think about and adjust to in your business. It does. You mentioned the automotive industry. That is drastically changing. And the core of what Detroit is is power transmission. And that's kind of all fading away with electric vehicles. So how will the market adopt? Where do we see ourselves? Where can we help customers when the new ones come up, different OEMs? Or how can we help existing customers make that transition. Marshall, thank you for joining me on today's show. It's been very interesting and and I appreciate what you're doing and what the company has been doing for 100 years here in, in the Great Lakes area. Well, thank you, Dan, and for all that the EDA does. We really appreciate it. We're grateful to have family owned businesses like the Marshall E. Campbell Company in the community. In many ways, companies like this are the backbone of our local economy. You know, they provide good jobs, support philanthropic causes, local teams and events. And it's one of the reasons we have great communities to live and work in here in the Thumb Coast area. I'm Dan Casey with the EDA of St. Clair County, and I hope you'll join me again for our next Our Shoreline, Your Horizon. Thanks for listening. To hear more, visit the podcast page at WGRT.com or find Our Shoreline, Your Horizon on your favorite podcast app.